listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars, the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. May the Lord give you his peace. Good morning. There is a lot going on in the readings today, and um, <clears throat> there are two um, interesting images, one of which is the vineyard. We know the idea of the vineyard had uh, really deep roots in the Old Testament. There's a number of passages in, in the Old Testament that talk about God's people being like a vineyard. And so there's a, a very familiar background to this parable that Jesus tells them about this vineyard. and. Um, the way Jesus kind of remixes it a little bit, it, it ends up being uh, a commentary on the, the history of Israel, <laughs> that God keeps sending these servants who are the prophets and they keep getting rejected. <laughs> and then finally he'll send the son and that's now Jesus's commentary on himself. And uh, this ultimate rejection is going to be his own crucifixion. And then, um, the mixed metaphor here has to do with the stone, and that's another, um, it's another image that has deep roots in the Old Testament. There are a number of passages that talk about the stone and the, the building with stones in it as a metaphor for God's people, what God is doing. Um, and so the, the word that stands out in the midst of all of these metaphors is the word rejection. So a little comment on that this morning. The rejection, uh, the stone which the builders rejected, that's a, a quote from Psalm 118, I think. And um, there, there will be a number of stories in the Old Testament that deal with the idea of God's people rejecting God, rejecting God's messengers or God's servants. The story of Joseph in the book of Genesis is the ultimate story. And um, I do believe that that story of Joseph is key uh, to understanding how Jesus understood himself and how the early church understood Jesus. You know, um, we just have the beginning of the story, today's readings, but we know we're all familiar with it, that he gets sold into slavery, rejected by his brothers, and then... Fast forward the tape, he becomes the second most powerful man in Egypt. Then there's a famine and his brothers come down starving. They come down to Egypt. And uh, there's this kind of interesting going back and forth. And finally, in the end, Joseph reveals to them, I'm, I'm Joseph, I'm your brother. And there's this extremely important line in this, that story where they're now nervous, like, oh no, our little brother who we basically killed sold him to the Ishmaelites down into slavery in Egypt. We thought he was gone. We thought he was dead. Now he's like the number one guy under Pharaoh. Like we're all going to, he's going to totally get us back. We're all like, we're, you know, it's like, it makes for like um, something similar to a great movie or a, um, a soap opera, a telenovela, you know, it's like the drama is high. And, um, but the, the, the important passage where Joseph completely and totally has mercy on them. He doesn't get them back. 
And he's, he has this line, which is, uh, is this killer, amazing line, where he says that you, what you intended, to, you know, something bad you intended, God had other plans. So he's, Joseph saw his older brothers rejecting him, basically almost killing him and selling him into slavery, that God used it for this moment in the future where now Joseph is a great man of power in Egypt and he can help his people who are starving with famine. It's down in Egypt, they had plenty to eat. And uh, that, that perspective from Joseph, I think is the, for me, has been the best lens through which to look at the death and resurrection of Jesus. You know, this moment where we have done something horrible you know, killing somebody, you know, and God doesn't explicitly desire that of anyone. But given that the misuse of a gift of free will, that this is what we've done. Look what look what happened. Look, God, it's the ultimate story of the proverb. God writes straight on crooked lines, you know, like that with the death and resurrection of Jesus, we have the ultimate example of somebody being rejected and being, you know, killed. And um, what, what, what ends up being the effect of that? Well, in this parable, Jesus asks them, what do you think is going to happen? They're like, oh, he's going to come back and wipe out those wicked tenants. Well, that's not really what happens. What happens is Jesus says from the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And for um, that the rejection... Paul will muse on this in Romans that the rejection of Jesus will mean the salvation of the world, right? Because now the grace of the Messiah is no longer just for the Israelite people, but it's open to the Gentiles. And then Paul struggles to understand how does all that work? <laughs> Look what God does. You know, we give him our worst and um, he takes it and turns it on its head. It's the... Um, it's that mysterious line from the exalted from the Easter Vigil, right? Oh, happy fault. Oh, necessary fall of Adam. Uh, needs some understanding to properly understand that. Okay, but that we, we do our worst and somehow God, instead of getting offended or paying us back for our sin or our evil, he forgives and the very the very nature of our sin, the very nature of the rejection, somehow gets turned and becomes um, the means of salvation. It's so mysterious. Um, and uh, so I just want to make one pastoral application of that mystery. Um, so Father Benedict had a uh, tremendous gift we all know he has one of my favorite books of father benedict is called stumbling blocks to stepping stones and in there from what i remember it's been a while since i've read it he kind of has this idea that everybody's got things they struggle with and you know weak sinful humanity and that uh, our sins could be seen as stumbling blocks you know and the bible talks a lot about this the stumbling block it's the origin of the word scandal. Scandalon was like a block that you tripped on. And uh, Father Benedict had an interesting thing about when we are um, convicted of our sin, we have a moment of contrition, 
a moment of repentance, a moment of, you know, being humble and asking the Lord for his mercy, asking the Lord for his forgiveness, surrendering our brokenness to him for healing, for forgiveness, for mercy, that um, so often the Lord does not magically take away our weaknesses. So we still often struggle with whatever we struggle with, but because of Jesus, what might have been a stumbling block at one time, now that very same thing can become a stepping stone. And it's an interesting kind of metaphor, it's biblical, where you know a stepping stone is these stones that become like stairs that you can climb to lead you to heaven. And, um, and so I think there's something of that, this stone which the builders have rejected. Um, and uh, it really hit me in my recent pilgrimage to the Holy Land because of the place where Jesus was crucified, as you know, was a rock quarry outside the walls of Jerusalem. And there was an area of the rock quarry where the stone was of poor quality. And uh, that became the hill of Golgotha. That became the spot where Jesus was crucified. So literally the rock upon which they put his cross was stone rejected by the builders. Wow. And then all of the rock that came out of that quarry were most likely the stones that was used to build Jerusalem. And uh, it got me thinking, whereas this metaphor, the rock, the stone that was rejected by the builders became the cornerstone and that the place where Jesus was crucified being a quarry, that what does that mean for us? It's very much what I had talked about from Father Benedict, you know, that each one of us are a living stone and each one of us uh, are part of this project that God is doing in history. He's he's building with stones and uh, so often uh, in our own lives and in the lives of those we minister to, we have an opportunity to see our weaknesses and our struggles in a new light. You know, that the, the very things that feel like a stumbling block, the very things that would be a stone that uh, should be rejected, should not be rejected, but it should be accepted. And when it is accepted, then it becomes a stepping stone. It becomes, you know, uh, the means by which we become recipients of redemption. Uh, of the mercy, of the forgiveness of the Lord. Uh, it, uh, it's a mystery, huh? And uh, you just think about that moment when each one of us will die, we'll go to the other side, and we come before Jesus, we come before God, and uh, we'll be as naked as naked could be. <laughs> you know, everything will be in the light, completely and totally, and uh, we'll see our entire lives in the light of His grace, in the light of His mercy, And uh, those very things that felt like stumbling stones, those very things uh, that would be part of our own personal struggle, our our own history of rejecting him, of rejecting love, our own history of sin, but submitted to his mercy will be some beautiful building, some beautiful, and it's a metaphor, but some beautiful uh, structure that will be part of our story for eternity. This grace, this love, this mercy that allowed the struggle, but then that 
the struggle becomes uh, a means of great mercy, great love, and great forgiveness. And uh, that's our hope. <laughs> that is our hope. And that is the hope that we have to offer to others. That is the hope that we have in Jesus. Uh, and uh, so it's just, uh, it's just, it's a deep mystery, but it's uh, one, something that leads us to give thanks, to, to give thanks to him for his love and for his mercy. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans